Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a crazy revenge story about ruining a best friend's life. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, the signs were there, I just chose to ignore them. I never would have imagined that of all of the things that would happen to me at the time, the one piece of important information that came to light was the fact that not only was my dear wife unfaithful to me and her vow to me, but I also came to realize that the children she had for me, or rather the children I thought she had for me, were never even mine to begin with. And the day I found out this was the same day I knew for a fact that my life was never going to be okay. I was broken from that point forward. Normally I was not supposed to feel that kind of way towards the one woman that I loved, but after knowing and seeing what she did, every single positive affection I felt towards her all suddenly turned to feelings of hate, disgust, and most importantly, retribution. First off, I initially hated myself for being so gullible and in love. I guess till this day, that is the one thing I would never believe that I had done myself. And this was because prior to my wife, I don't recall myself ever being so gullible when in a relationship. Secondly, I began to feel utterly disgusted by herself and basically her presence in my life and also by all the actions and activities which we'd been doing together for the past few years. Then came the feelings of restitution where I didn't know what to do to quell the way I was feeling towards her. I just felt like, seeing as there was quite literally nothing I could do to make the situation any better, I just decided to get back at her, in hopes that this would at least make up for something. At the very least, make me feel better on my own end and the complete opposite on her end. For this, I would like to take you back to the very beginning of where it all began. And I think I should have realized back then, because the only thing I knew back then, or rather, that I heard, and this was from my close male friends, was the fact that my soon-to-be ex-wife was for the streets initially, and when I came into her life, it had seemed like she was going to be returning back to that lifestyle anytime soon. As I could visually see changes in her character in person, this was what gave me the utmost assurance that she was going to be the mother of my kids. Trailing back a few years, my soon-to-be ex-wife, 26, and myself, 29, we're still in our early 20s and this was basically the starting point of both of our lives. We were just fresh out of college and we'd already been in a relationship for more than a whole year at that point. We were just getting to know each other properly, as I was already posturing and preparing for both of our futures. Prior to when I got into a relationship with her, my friends brought it to my notice that there was something fundamentally wrong with her and that she was the type to get herself involved with every single guy she could come across. But even after saying this, none of the rumors seemed to be true. The reason being that she was never like that with me, or rather, she never shows signs of being like that in the past, which made it even harder to believe. But I just couldn't wash away the thoughts and feelings of doubt in my mind. And so, after almost a few months of being in a relationship with her, I decided to clear every single form or matter of doubt in my mind, as I came clear to her as to what I'd heard about her, 
and surprisingly, she also didn't deny anything I had said. In fact, she quite literally admitted to everything I said, and also included the fact that she was, or rather, she had never gone back to that lifestyle from before, and by lifestyle I quite literally mean the promiscuous lifestyle she was living, where she was for every single person we came across. This seemingly new piece of information caught me by surprise as I was most definitely not expecting it. I told her to give me a few days to think things over, and right after that, I think I had my mind straightened out, as I already resolved and convinced myself that the reality of things was that her past was her past, and that seeing as she'd already made it quite clear to me the fact that she was willing and ready to move past that and begin a new life with me, I was totally up for it, majorly because of how she made me feel. I accepted her back, and with this, our relationship became even more solidified, and our bond grew even stronger. Then right after we got out of college, we immediately proceeded to get a place for ourselves, and in little to no time at all, we were able to move in with each other. It would seem, at the time, that we were moving quite fast, but I didn't have a care at all in the world, as I was moving forward with her with almost absolute certainty. There was quite literally no reason in the world at all to even have a shred of doubt in my mind with her. And then slowly but surely, I knew that I wanted to get married to her and also to have her mother my children. However, at the time, what I didn't know was the fact that I couldn't have been able to father a child at the time. This information was only made known to me a couple of years later. This was after we had already had our two children who are the apple of my eyes. I truly love and cherish them with every fiber of my being. About a whole year after getting married to her, our life was quite literally perfect. We didn't have any issues or whatsoever amongst ourselves. We both knew practically everything there is to know about our second half. We were inseparable in a much simpler sense. Untethered by any financial burden, we decided that we were both ready for a child at some point, and we just started trying in earnest. For quite a while, the results were the same. She wasn't able to conceive for a while, but I wasn't discouraged as I made sure to assure her that we still had many more chances to go at it. And this was majorly because we were only trying for less than five months. I knew there had to be something wrong, but I just didn't think anything of it, and I just wanted to remain optimistic about the whole situation. Then, just like a thief in the night, my wife realizes all of a sudden that she was finally pregnant. And this was by far the happiest moment of my life and I'm very sure the happiest moment of any man turning father, we had at long final last welcomed our baby girl, and she was the best thing that had happened to me, as at the moment of her birth, I could quite literally feel myself becoming a father. The sudden urge to protect her is something that will forever remain ingrained in my memory. Shortly after, and by shortly after I mean a whole year and a half later, we found out that we were to be expecting another child. This was quite literally a dream come true, because after a while of doubting seriously as to whether or not we were both able to conceive our child, we were finally able to effortlessly conceive of new life. I could tell from my wife's reaction after we got the news of her being pregnant again that she was overjoyed, and also worried at the same time. The reason for that being that, at the time I thought she was just being a bit scared of going through the entire birthing process again seeing as the last one she underwent was not as easy as most, but I genuinely assured her that I was going to be there with her and also alongside her every step of the way. Within the span of nine months where she carried our child, I made sure that she was fully and truly comfortable to the best of my capabilities. 
And then this was the point in both our lives where things started to go completely downhill without my realizing it. It all started when my wife was feeling some kind of way about six months into the pregnancy. I wasn't really sure as to what was going on, so I just took her straight to the hospital. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As this didn't happen during our first time, apparently I did the right thing because the doctor, after examining her, found out that she was on the verge of having a complication with a pregnancy. But thankfully, I noticed on time. Seeing as I wasn't too comfortable with the way she was grunting in pain and all, right after this, she was advised by the nurses to stay on bed rest, but after speaking with the doctor, he insisted that she remained in the hospital for one more day, to which I agreed totally with the doctor. I then got a call from the nanny we left our baby girl home with that my daughter was coughing severely and that she didn't know what to do. I immediately rushed home because I didn't trust my daughter in anyone else's hands but my wife. But the situation just warranted I did so and I was already regretting my decision. I took our daughter to the same hospital as that was where my wife was too. I soon found out that my daughter had an asthma attack. I couldn't believe it. According to the doctors, it wasn't too severe, but she just needed to be kept under watch and supervision at all times. The doctor also requested some blood samples from both parents to find out some other things, which I had no idea what he meant, but I just did it anyway. A few hours later, after having my entire mind insanity get tested and pushed to the extreme, I got visited by a nurse who called me aside to provide the results for the test they had just conducted, and to my greatest surprise, neither myself nor my wife had the trait, and that was not even the worst part. Apparently, I wasn't related to my own daughter not even the slightest bit and this was indeed shocking news and i asked them to take the test again and they did still the results were the same i then asked them to conduct a fertility test on myself because i was in a state of serious doubt and when they did my greatest fears were realized i wasted no time in barging into my wife's room as i began raining her with questions upon questions all in an attempt to figure out what exactly was going on only for her to tell me she didn't know how to tell me but she was still seeing someone from her past and that she got pregnant during one of their meetings i got so furious i can't even begin to use words to describe what i was feeling at the moment one thing i knew for a fact was that after quite a while pondering on what i should do as quite literally the next step to take because i was lost in thought for nearly a whole day and afterwards i came to the conclusion that i was not going to let her have the pleasure of delivering her child in the comfort of my own home the very next day when she was discharged i brought all her belongings and her daughter to the hospital as i informed her that that was the last time we were ever going to see each other again, except for the one time in court when we were settling our divorce. I couldn't recover fully from what she had done, but knowing for a fact that she would not have an easy life for quite a while, taking care of two children alone was enough comfort for me. 
The only thing is OP earlier in the story, OP said we had our two children who are the apple of my eyes. I truly love and cherish them with every fiber of my being. At the very end, OP made a total shift and said, oh yeah, she's going to have to take care of the two children herself. So like, which is it? You can't have both. You can't be, they are the most important and prized things in my life, but you also abandon them. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, it would be amazing if you left a like or left a review if you're listening to my podcast. That said, our next story is The Strange Man at the Bookstore. I am 25-year-old female. Most of my friends call me T. Up until my early to late teens, I didn't know that body shaming was a concept of discussion. I didn't know that there's a particular standard of beauty that humans project on women. Would you blame me if I didn't know? Here is my story. I grew up in a very large family in downtown San Francisco. When I mean family, I mean my grandparents, aunties, uncles, and cousins who were either plus sizes or outrightly thin. My grandparents were medical practitioners who ensured they spread the message of health and wholeness to our large family. Needless to say, I grew up listening to health tips and ensuring I lived a healthy lifestyle. I had never thought being a plus size who was healthy was a thing to be ashamed of. And trust me, it was a very bitter pill for me to swallow for a long time. I remember one of those awful experiences when I was at a local mall. I came across a clothing store that caught my eye, so I decided to get a dinner gown for a social gathering event I had coming up. When I got to the clothing section, I was excited to see that I had a wide range of options to choose from. As I browsed through the racks, selecting a few outfits to try on, a sales associate approached me with a forced smile. She looked me up and down before suggesting, perhaps these styles won't suit your body type. We have a section for more standard sizes. Her words traveled very fast through my gut. I was visibly angry and I tried my best not to shake. I felt so because I was tired of hearing people make insensitive and unsolicited comments about my body. I couldn't believe that someone who was meant to guide and encourage me through my selections was rather concerned about stating an opinion. After that awkward moment, I mustered the courage to respond. I appreciate your concern, but the last time I checked, I didn't solicit for any help regarding my choice of clothes, and the least you can do is allow me to decide what suits me. I could see that I also hit her where it hurt. To be honest, I went home with a mixed feeling. I ended up getting just a random dress as I lost the motivation to browse for more dresses. From that moment, I was determined to react to any form of negative or snide remarks that were targeted at my body. Well, the day for the social gathering finally came and I stepped out feeling confident and excited to enjoy some good company. As the night progressed, a conversation among a group of acquaintances took an unexpected turn. Someone made an unnecessary comment about my appearance when it was time for games. The person said, I don't think this game is for someone like you. I saw that everyone turned to look at my reaction, and I could deduce that they were probably expecting me to take a bow and return to my seat but I decided to give them a show as I refused to cringe in embarrassment or shame. Instead, I decided to speak up. After taking a deep breath, I addressed the comment with a firm but calm tone. I think you should be more focused on finding out if you are smart enough to play the game instead of worrying about me. My response caught some off guard, but I felt empowered to stand up for myself. I refused to let derisive comments slide and wanted to make it clear that such remarks were not acceptable. After that evening, I garnered more stamina to stand against bullying in whatsoever form. Meanwhile, I've had to put up with a particular sales rep in one of the biggest campus bookstores in college. I think he took his job too seriously, 
and half of the time, he failed to recognize what his job description truly covered. To top it off, he was the one person I met that managed to be both insensitive and very uncultured. The first day he saw me at the store, he stopped to stare at me for about 15 seconds with his mouth wide agape. I didn't say anything to him, I just allowed him to stare on foolishly. After 20 seconds, I wasn't surprised when he asked me if I weighed more than 100 kilograms. Why? I asked him. He had no reply for me. Instead, he decided to give me the books I ordered. That particular trend went on that way for an extended period. I would go to the store to purchase one or two items, and this man would make me feel like an alien. He never outrightly told me anything that would make me ponder on who I was, but every single time I went there, he made sure he used his actions to make me feel very uncomfortable. You know, I can pass for a stubborn and inquisitive person. I remember an experience I had when I was about 15. It was surreal. There was a figure that stood close to an orchard tree right behind my room. I would wake up at a certain time each night just to be sure I wasn't hallucinating. One day, I decided that I would no longer stare at that figure from my room at night. I was going to step outside to see what the heck made me wake and stare every night for a month. So one day, I did step out, quietly and unnoticeable. Jeez, I couldn't believe what I saw when I finally got outside. I stood frozen and dead scared when I beheld the figure. It was an orangutan that stood tall like a human. My step scared it off. And- Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I watched it veer off into the forest that was about six or seven miles away from our home. I recounted that story to myself to make me understand why I kept on going back to that store. I wanted that man to make his statements. I wanted to know why he had decided to make my weight his business. And thankfully I didn't wait for too long. I had gone to the store like I used to to get myself some stationery. He looked at me as usual and he couldn't hide what he felt that day. He said, and I quote, Can you cut out some sugars? I'm worried about your looks. Even though I'd been expecting him to say what was on his mind for a long time, I didn't know his words would hit me the way it did. Strangely, I couldn't seem to find the voice to say anything to him in that moment. I only got my items and left. As I walked away, I kept wondering why I had no reply for this man who had contributed to my sadness on campus. However, the more I walked, the more I was convinced that I would come back for that man. Weeks passed, and I realized that this man's words hung to my chest like a cloth. No matter how hard I tried to put his words behind me, I kept going back to the moment he said he was worried about me. I saw his facial expressions again and again in my mind, and I shed a tear or two. I wondered if I looked so terrible. Those moments took me back to the efforts I'd made to shed off some weight over the years. As much as I tried, my progress had been slow, and I tried to schedule a regular visit with my doctor to keep my health in check. My doctor always had a way to allay my fears. He told me that my weight gain was strongly a genetic factor. He always had a way of boosting my self-esteem, and he made me understand that it was okay if I shed some weight, but it should be on my own terms and at my own pace. I remembered the doctor's words and I got some comfort. 
Strangely, I didn't stop going to that store, but I was surprised to see that that man was never on his shift. I checked again and again, but he seemed to have disappeared off the campus grounds. After some time, I decided to confide in other people around. I shared my experiences with this man with other people, and I was stunned to hear that I wasn't his first victim. The revelation that that man was a serial bully hit me so hard. All the while, I had thought I was the problem, that my weight triggered his concerns, but I was shocked to realize that I wasn't his only victim. One of his victims, who I met around the campus, exposed how he had constantly talked down on her weight. The victim revealed that he had told her that she would look better off with a BBL. She recounted how insecure she began to feel about her body, and she considered saving money to get her body done. It then dawned on me that the man was a serial abuser who needed to be stopped as soon as possible. I saw him as a dangerous person who was capable of driving his victim into a bad state. I knew he had stayed away on purpose, maybe to avoid me. If only he knew I wasn't someone who could get deterred easily, he would have showed up early. I kept stalking the store, as usual, because I didn't expect him to suddenly become a coward after he'd spoken down on me. After several attempts to get this man on his shift, I finally got lucky one afternoon. That day, he was in his usual state, which made him stare longer at people while expressing his bizarre look. It was more like staring into one's soul and making sure you understand that something wasn't cool with it. It was obvious that he wasn't expecting to see me, and I could see the shock that he tried to hide. I was the bolder one then, and I was ready to stare deeply into his soul, the same way he does to others. Strangely, he couldn't take what he gave. I could see how much he struggled to gain composure. He couldn't look up at me, and he tried to evade my gaze. I was equally ready for him. I'd kept my phone close just in case he tries to pass any unruly and unsolicited remarks about me again. Well, I prayed silently that he would be my own victim as well. And just when I thought I wasn't going to win that day, luck shone on me. I was on my way out after getting the items I'd purchased from the store, and I was shocked to hear him call me a fat girl yet again. I looked back, and I smiled after I'd gotten his words on record. After I left that store, I headed straight to the student affairs division. I was surprised at my energy and the pace at which I walked. It was obvious to everyone that saw me that I had something urgent to take care of. Thankfully, I was able to schedule an appointment with the Dean of Student Affairs that same day. I relayed everything that had transpired between me and this strange man, and I made sure not to skip the part that had other students involved. I also encouraged other students to share their experiences with the man at the store and any other person that took pleasure in bringing them down. Even though the man at the store was the scapegoat for that moment, an end had to come to such madness. After about two weeks of my visit to the student affairs division, I got the news that the man who had a bizarre look to give to everyone had been suspended indefinitely pending the time the disciplinary committee would decide his fate. Honestly, I feel like any jerk that is bold enough to sit there at their job and say that about customers is playing with fire and it's only a matter of time before they get burnt on that pretty badly. I mean, really, how long can you go insulting your actual clientele and keep your job and not get reported somewhere? Our next story is how I ruined my best friend's life. It was worth it. I don't think my actions were totally justified, and I'm not really proud of what I did, but I know for an absolute fact that what I did was totally justified on my end, and it also served as a means of getting back at my best friend for what he had done to me years ago. 
I know I'm quite petty for keeping something that had happened for quite a number of years ago in my mind up until a very decisive moment where I knew that whatever I did would negatively affect his life and ultimately end it. And not his actual life, but like his social, marital, psychological, mental, and financial life. Let's go way back to the very beginning so as to provide in-depth analysis of the entire situation that warranted the course of action I took. My best friend, 17, and I, 16, were still in high school at the time, and this was around the time our friendship experienced a little gallop along the way. But we haven't always been the best of friends, as although we go way back, we were actually initially strangers, and we both had a certain misconception about and of each other. But there was this particular incident that happened that really brought things into perspective for me, the kind of person he was. Back when we were both still young teenagers, we lived in the same neighborhood, and one would think that we were obviously supposed to have had a conversation or two with each other, seeing as we see each other quite literally every day. But the reverse was the case, as we had never even exchanged pleasantries before, and this was due to the fact that the very first time his family moved into the neighborhood, he had always been giving me the cold shoulder, and even when I tried to make light talk with him when we came across one another around the block, he simply just ignored me, and I took it personal, and ever since then, we've been keeping up the silent treatment streak, even if in actuality, it was most definitely unnecessary. Anyways, the incident that happened that caused the both of us to even start talking was when I got back from school one fateful day and got one of the saddest news of my life, which was that I'd just lost my father. He was a military officer and he was killed on active duty when he was deployed to Afghanistan. I had just gotten to my porch when I got the news from my mother on the phone, because she too wasn't home and she wasn't going to be until late in the night. I just sat on my porch as I wept excessively. There was quite a few passers-by, but none of them paid me any attention. I just felt so alone, and the one person I thought would have been there for me was unable to leave her place of work because of the nature of said work. She was a medical doctor in one of the general hospitals in the tri-state area, and she was in the middle of an operation when she received the call. They urged her to head back home and tend to her family, but she insisted that she had to finish up what she was doing before heading back home. Not to insinuate that the patient was more important, but she just had always had a strong sense of responsibility. But I've never blamed her once in my entire life. Anyways, there I was, crying on my front porch, when he saw me, and he decided to come over to see what was wrong. And when he came closer, I just instinctively laid on him, as it made me tear up even more. He just stood there, clueless as to what was going on, and he did what I thought he would have never done. He gave me one of the most reassuring and tighter hugs I'd ever received. The only person I've ever received said hug from was none other than my father, who had just passed away. We stayed there for quite a while until I eventually stopped crying and ultimately fell asleep in his arms. He stayed there with me for the entire time I was asleep, as he couldn't take me inside when he didn't know where the key to the door was. When I eventually woke up, his face was the first thing I saw. I was completely perplexed as I was speechless to the face I saw before me. I immediately got up and asked him what he was doing here and he explained the whole situation to me. And then and there I began crying unconsciously again. That was when he wiped my tears and began reassuring me that everything was going to be alright. I was able to gather myself and my thoughts though and that was when I was able to tell him what was going on and what had happened. When he heard, he gave me another hug and invited me over to his place, just to stay for the meantime before my mother got back. 
I accepted and his parents were already at his doorstep, waiting to receive me. They tried to console me as they knew what a great loss I had just experienced. My mother got back a bit early that night, and I eventually went back to our house. Essentially, that was what made us become really close friends, as ever since that day, he had just taken it upon himself to make sure that I'd always had a friend to talk to. In his own special way, he made sure to show a certain form of humanity that I haven't quite seen in a really long time, except in movies. Now you might be wondering, he must have been a really nice person and all. Whatever could he have done to me for me to want to get back at him? Well, it's not quite an issue of what he had done, but rather what he swore with everything that he was that he would never do. So basically, when we were in high school... Quite a while had passed since I lost my father, and we just had this strong bind between the both of us. And over time, I came to the sudden realization that I had a kind of certain likeness and fondness of and for him. It first started off as an observation, but later on I figured out in all manner of reality that I truly had feelings for him. And the longer the time we spent with each other, the more I came to realize that not only were the feelings there... They were still developing and I found myself unable to control said feelings. Then one day at school, it was announced that the school was hosting the annual winter party and it was considered one of the biggest parties that was hosted. Only second to the graduation party for the students in their final year in high school, which was no longer a party but a rave, so I thought to myself that the upcoming party would be a good time to spend some special moments with him. I'd been planning to ask him out to the winter party, but every single time I tried, I always ended up getting cold feet. It went on for quite a while, and ultimately, when the winter party was only a few days away, I realized that this was the only chance I would get to realize the moment where I get to express how I truly felt about him. I sought for various chances where I could ask him, but it was all thwarted by either the ringing of the bells or the interruption from his classmates and his other friends. And then I just became so frustrated with the lack of opportunity I was getting and how much time was wasting with all of these. And so I just made up my mind and I decided to just walk up to him when he was in the midst of all of his friends and I tried to get him to move aside with me and finally come clean with my feelings. And I think that at this time he had probably guessed what it was I wanted to say to him, but he didn't want me to say anything right then and there. So he just told me off by saying that whatever it was that I wanted to tell him, I could say when we were both on our way home. I don't know why I accepted right then and there, but I let it slide. And then it hit me. I had something else I wanted to ask him, apart from the fact that I wanted to ask him to the winter dance. When I went back to the classroom, I almost walked in on them having a conversation. And then that was when I overheard him when his friends asked him why he was dragged away by me. And then I got one of the most cooking reveals of all time. He basically told them that he knew for a fact that I wanted to ask him out and that he wasn't down for all that, as I was always too desperate and clingy ever since my father died. He also told him that it was just a lack of father presence in my life that made me stick to him, and he also made some crazy joke to his friends about me wanting him to be my daddy in and out of the bedroom, and they all laughed it off, but I was hurt, deeply. I went home that day with an even more broken heart than when I first found out about my father's death. I didn't even know what to say or how to feel. He later called me that night to ask why I didn't wait for him so that the both of us could head back home together. I was so mad that I didn't want to respond to him, but something in me told me to play along with his act for as long as I could, and I never asked him to the dance again. 
and I just bode my time patiently. Fast forward a bit a few years later, my best friend, 26, and myself, 25, were quite literally living our lives as we have come to, and then I found out that he was having some problems with his wife at home, because he told me in all that his wife was a bit insecure about him, and this was due to the fact that he was stupidly hot, like insanely hot, so much so that I too would feel insecure if I were in her shoes. And so she was always with his phone, reading through his messages and all. I tried as much as possible to forget what he had done to me a few years back, but ultimately we are all humans. And this feeling eventually took over me and I then advised him to leave his phone with her, seeing as he had nothing to hide and all. And he did. I then invited them out one particular day and we stayed out really late. And when he eventually got back home, as usual... She was skeptical as to where he had been, and when he tried to explain himself, I used a friend's phone to send some indecent pictures to his phone, captioning, You just left, and I'm already missing you so bad. When his wife saw this text, all heck was let loose. There was nothing he could have done. To cut the long story short, his marriage quite literally ended there, as his wife decided then and there to leave him. She took his two children and went on over to her parents' place, and within the month, they were about to finalize the entire divorce process. I just could not believe it that just one action was able to destroy his entire life, but I was still comfortable with this because I know for a fact that I had gotten back at him for what he had done to me all those years back. Although there was a lot of hurt, I must imagine there was a lot of relief that OP overheard that and understood what things are between them and their supposed best friend. That said, I'm imagining OP continued to play the best friend charade up for a while, just so I imagine their best friend told OP what exactly went on. Oh, that's such a shame that she doesn't believe you that that's some fake spam bot or something. Or, you know, you get all the details and then just never talk to them again. Definitely not gonna be your sad rebound. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.